Welcome to this day in history class. It's July 9th. The Constitutionalist Revolution of 1932 began in Brazil on this day. It's also called the Paulista Rebellion of 1932 and the Sao Paulo Revolution of 1932. And it all started with a contested election. At this point, Brazil was essentially a collection of mostly autonomous states, and a lot of the political strife that came up came from conflicts among these states. In this particular case, the major players were the state of Sao Paulo on one side and the Liberal Alliance on the other. The Liberal Alliance was made up of three different states. There was Rio Grande do Sul, Paraíba, and Minas Gerais. Sao Paulo had been the most dominant power in Brazil for a long time. A lot of the other states were getting tired of Sao Paulo's continual dominance. The contested election that sparked all of this was the presidential election that was conducted on March 1st of 1930, so a couple of years before. The candidates were Julio Prestes of Sao Paulo and Getulio Vargas, who was the governor of Rio Grande do Sul. Vargas was running as the reform candidate, and Prestes had the endorsement of the sitting president, who was also from Sao Paulo. Prestes won the election, but Vargas contended that this result was fraudulent. He also thought that Brazil had become an oligarchy. And this whole period of time was incredibly contentious beyond just this one election. In addition to several people being killed in election-related violence, there were also about 100 people, more than that most likely, who were killed in various acts of political violence over the three years that were leading up to this point. So after this contested election, Vargas's running mate was assassinated on July 26th of 1930, and then an uprising started in October with a coup d'etat on October 24th. About 100 people were killed in this wave of violence as well, and after the coup, Vargas was appointed the interim president. Vargas suspended Brazil's constitution. He started trying to move Brazil from this federation of autonomous states to a nation that had more centralized power. And a lot of people in the military, especially people who were not as young in the military, really objected to what he was doing. They started to hatch a lot of conspiracies against him. And also the elite in Sao Paulo resented the fact that Sao Paulo had lost so much power. Among these elite were actually descendants of Confederates who had fled the United States after the Civil War and then relocated to Brazil, and they joined on the side of this rebellion as well. A military faction of people from Sao Paulo started planning to overthrow this provisional government. These were known as the Paulistas. That was a nickname in general for people from Sao Paulo. And they also called themselves the Constitutionalists because they wanted to overthrow this provisional government and establish a new Brazilian constitution. The Paulistas scheduled a revolt for July 14th of 1932, but the general who was leading them, General Bertoldo Klinger, was not particularly secretive about what he was trying to do. He wound up being relieved of his command on July the 8th, and at that point, the people who were plotting moved up the date of their rebellion to the following day, with Klinger still the one in charge. They had a plan that involved several other states coming and rising up with them, but those states never did, and in fact, most of them wound up joining the opposite side. Fighting in this conflict went on for 87 days. 
Klinger proposed a ceasefire on September 29th, and their revolution ended on October 2nd. It's still unclear today how many people died in the fighting, but the number is probably in the thousands. Women were also a huge part of this uprising. They made hundreds of thousands of uniforms for the Paulistas. They did extensive work as nurses and in logistics. They distributed food. In some cases, they also fought alongside the men. And as is so often the case, this revolution could not have continued without their work. Maybe a little erroneous to call it a revolution, since it wasn't ultimately successful, but it is the name that it's most often known by. Vargas remained in power for most of the next two decades. Sometimes he was a dictator. Sometimes he was a duly elected president, either elected by the Congress or elected by the people. That time, though, continued to be really tumultuous. There were other revolts following that one in 1932. And although Vargas is credited with a number of reforms, including giving more people in Brazil the right to vote, including women, He's also sometimes criticized as basically just being a dictator and doing whatever he wanted without the backing of any other part of the government. Thanks to Eves Jeffcoat for her research on this podcast and to Tari Harrison for her audio work on all these episodes. You can subscribe to This Day in History class on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and wherever else you get your podcasts. Tomorrow, you can tune in for the birthday of one of the internet's very favorite figures. 